So casual dating is maybe you're dating a lot of people. Intentional is just one. Casual is there's not really a goal. We'll just see what happens. Intentional is no, I, I, I want to get married. And so I, I'm, I'm not looking for, you know, 17 amazing boyfriends or girlfriends. I'm trying to find one spouse for the rest of my life. What happens in casual dating, you tend to isolate away from family, friends, and the relationship has some hiddenness, some secrecy. In intentional dating, uh, you're getting to know one another's family, friends, church, the people that know and love this person. You're like, I want to get to know them and, and I want them to get to know me. Well, howdy, I'm Mark. She's Grace, Grace, my best friend since uh, March 12th, 1988. And uh, welcome to the uh, Real Marriage Podcast for our friends at Marriage Today and the EXO Podcast Network. We are doing a uh, five-part series, five episodes for this season. And it is uh, what would be the biggest mistake that people tend to make in the various seasons of their life and romantic relationship, and also the priority that should be in each of those seasons. So uh, in episode one, we looked at the single years and how we tend not to focus as we ought on becoming the healthiest, best version of ourselves. Uh, Today, episode two, we're going to talk about uh, the dating and engagement phase. And don't turn it off. If you're married, you're like, we're already beyond that. Well, you may have made some mistakes in this season that are causing you some pains, problems, maybe even perils in the present. And by going back to address those, it could heal it up and give you a better future. So maybe you broke trust and you're having a hard time trusting 10 years later because you didn't resolve that. Or some really bad habits got Mm -hmm. in very early on. So when it comes to dating, and uh, we agree with Pastor Jimmy Evans. He's one of our pastors and overseers at the Trinity Church, and he's the godfather of uh, marriage today and the whole network. But there's a difference between um, casual dating and intentional dating. So w- what we tell our kids, we got two that are married, one in college, two in high school, is uh, start with friendship. Uh, friendship being, you know, you're friends, you get along, you're nice to each other, but it's not it's not necessarily exclusive. A lot of times and it's, it's in a group. Um, what you're doing is more fun. It's not, you know, super intense, you know, long candlelight dinners and uh, I'll, I'll date myself non-romantically, REO mm-hmm. Speedwagon concerts and gazing into one another's eyes, uh, singing <laughs> faithfully. It's, uh, you know, it's hanging out as friends and doing what friends do oftentimes in groups. It's friendship uh, because whether or not it progresses forward, it's always good to have some friends and uh, and you need to be friends with your spouse. And so rather than starting with the sexual or deeply emotional, you start with a, a friendship. And that's what uh, the definition of marriage is in Song of Solomon 516b. She says, this is my lover, this is my friend. And so marriage is about uh, lover and friend, but you start with friend and then you move toward lover and that's the marriage part. And uh, after friendship, uh, then is intentional dating. How would you, babe, distinguish intentional dating from what our culture practices, which is casual dating? Yeah, intentional dating means you're intentionally checking out, exploring, trying to understand if there's any compatibility. Is this a potential spouse? Mm -hmm. And casual dating is just hanging out. And oftentimes girls start to open their heart when they shouldn't and get hurt by that. Um, Guys play around with that and don't understand um, that they are leading girls on. Um, Casual dating is not something that is beneficial to either person. Friendship is what's beneficial because like you said, whether or not it leads anywhere, you can still be friends. Um, But intentional dating is really, um, if 
if you want something to lead toward becoming serious in a relationship, then you need to figure out who the person is and you need to be intentional about that and be watching them serve, be around them, hang out as groups. Um, there's all kinds of ways to uh, intentionally date, but it's part of the process so that you can determine if that person is really a good match. And so casual dating is maybe you're dating a lot of people. Intentional mm -hmm. is just one. Mm-hmm. Casual is, there's not really a goal. We'll just see what happens. Intentional is, no, I, I, I want to get married. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not looking for, you know, 17 amazing boyfriends or girlfriends. I'm trying to find one spouse for the rest of my life. Yeah. What happens in casual dating, you tend to isolate away from family, friends, and the relationship has some hiddenness, some secrecy. In intentional dating, uh, you're getting to know one another's family, friends, church, you're you know, the people that know and love this person, you're like, I want to get to know them and, and I want them to get to know me mm -hmm. uh, because that's part of the process of seeing whether or not we are um, compatible. And I always say a good guy gets to know her family and friends. Mm -hmm. A bad guy pulls a gal away from her family and friends. And so it's, it's isolation versus, um, you know, an openness. And so it goes from friendship to intentional dating. And if in that you realize, you know, I don't think we're going to live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. You can just stay friends. It doesn't need yeah. to get acrimonious or mean. Uh, casual dating as well tends to be very sexual. Mm -hmm. Intentional dating is not. Intentional dating is saying we're going to respect God's boundaries, and that is chastity before marriage. Uh, no fornication, to use the language of the Bible. Ephesians, uh, among God's people, there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality. Song of Solomon, do not arouse or awaken love until it's time, mm -hmm. and so we're not going to cross physical boundaries uh, until we're in covenant of marriage. So it then moves from intentional uh, friendship to intentional dating, then to engagement. And that is, okay, we're going to go take a premarital class at the church. We're going to meet with a pastor. We're going to go sign up with a Christian counselor. And we're going to say, hey, we've never been married before. We don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you have been married before, you still don't know what you're doing. So we're going to go tag somebody else in and ask, okay, what do we need to know? What do we need to learn? Are we a good fit? Is this a good idea? And what you're looking there in the engagement, you're you're looking for godly, wise counsel to confirm not only God's will, but God's timing. And God's will is, yeah, you guys should be together. And then God's timing is, and, and when? And sometimes where couples really mess up, they know God's will, but they mess up God's timing. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, we're supposed to be married. So they run to Vegas. But the truth is they needed two years of therapy yeah. <laughs> and, and not a road trip to Vegas. They mm -hmm. needed to put more time on the clock to get some help. So during those years, honey, of the sort of intentional dating through the engagement phase, um, what would you say is the biggest mistake that uh, couples tend to make and, uh, and can cause problems in the marriage? Well, I think oftentimes it gets physical too soon um, and they don't wait. And so then they have cloudy judgment on even who the person is and feel obligated to them one way or another, whether it's male or female. Um, Pastor Jimmy says, if you're not serious about where the relationship is going, don't let it become serious. So don't get involved physically. Stay friends and, and ask people around you if your friends are all saying no, no, no listen. Don't think, oh, well, I know them better. I know them different. They just don't understand that I have, yeah. you know, could be listen. getting manipulated. Yeah, exactly. Um, listen to those people. Consider that. Prayer is a huge part of this. God wants, you know, to give us discernment in our relationships. And, and so I think for me, I didn't listen to wise counsel. I didn't 
uh, pay attention to the red flags um, when I was dating. And, and so it actually brought harm into my life. And we don't want that for you. You also may not have a good example of marriage from your parents, or um, maybe they were divorced, or maybe they just lived together, you know, peaceably, but didn't actually work things through in a healthy way. So you're taking that into every relationship that you encounter. And so to stop and say, okay, what actually is a good marriage? Like you're saying, go to wise counsel. That's a couple that actually has a good marriage. Go to a Christian counselor that can help give you wisdom and insight. Go to the scriptures, go to Song of Solomon, go to some of the ways that God directs us in relationships um, so that you can learn as much as possible and start to live some of those things out before you actually get married. So in a intentional dating or an engagement relationship, if it crosses the sexual lines that are set by God, and sex is, is great, it's a gift, it's a passion, but, uh, you know, in our backyard, we've got a fireplace and mm-hmm. we, I love, we love to sit outside on the cold nights in the desert and, uh, you know, throw wood on the fire and fire up the fireplace. And uh, the reason it works so well is because the fire stays in the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, we live in the desert. If the fire gets outside of the fireplace, you've got yourself a real problem. Everything's dry, tender and ready to explode. Yeah. And so, you know, the Bible is 100% pro-sex. Uh, but that passion needs to be in the hearth of marriage. Once it gets out of the hearth of marriage, it starts literally burning everything down. So what happens to a gal, especially if it's a Christian gal, who is uh, crossing sexual lines, sexually active during the intentional dating or the engagement? Because honey, this was my sin against you. When we met, I didn't know the Lord. You weren't walking with the Lord. We got things out of God's order. Mm -hmm. And we would have, and then we stopped and we repented and, and we, we went and met with our pastor and got ready for marriage, but then we brought the brokenness into the marriage. Yeah. And so sometimes the thought is, well, you know, that's in the past. Well, not if you drag it into the future, not unless you heal right. from it. So what happens to a gal who is a Christian once those lines are crossed in an intentional dating or engagement phase of a relationship? There's a lot of guilt and shame. Um, the enemy uses it to condemn for sure. And you feel like, well, for me growing up in a Christian home, I knew that was a sin. And so I felt like I had crossed a line somehow that God couldn't forgive, but that's not true. The enemy loves to lie in that playground of intentional dating. And for me, had I just, you know, repented of it and actually worked through why I even was willing to um, give myself away in that way and my identity and there's so many pieces underneath it. But for me, it was a lot of guilt and shame and also just not understanding that it really clouded my judgment. Um, and I wasn't willing to work on certain issues because there's an obligation that comes with that. And and it's heavy. It's a pressure. Like you said, do not awaken love before it's time from Song of Solomon. is It's an important verse to pay attention to because women can easily open their hearts and easily get broken hearts. And so to really guard that, not in a cold way, but to guard that um, piece of you physically, emotionally, spiritually, because sexual activity connects all those pieces. And so it really is something we need to guard ourselves from. And if a guy respects that, then there's something there. And so even if you're now married and you're like, why are we having some problems in our intimacy? Mm -hmm. It may be because early on 
uh, you cross lines and mm-hmm. guilt and shame and mm-hmm. condemnation and yep. maybe even demonic accusation. Revelation exactly. twelve ten. Satan is the accuser of the children of God. They accuse them day and night. That what you're doing now may be holy and acceptable in the sight of God, but it wasn't. And so your spouse, maybe even your wife, is really confused because mm-hmm. she's associating what should be, um, you know, naked a without shame God. as mm-hmm. a gift from God as uh, naked equals shame. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and until you go back and say, you know, I, we need to repent to each other for whatever we did before we met each other with anyone else, what we did together before we were married. Maybe we need to bring in a Christian counselor or a mm-hmm. pastor. Maybe we need to do Bible study to get God's mind and his heart about our relationship sexually. Song of Solomon's great for that. Mm-hmm. I would say for the guy, what happens is when you get the physical relationship out of order, uh, you don't build the spiritual relationship mm-hmm. and the soul is the deepest level of a person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're a Christian man, you, you know, touching your wife's soul uh, has to precede touching her body. Otherwise, she's uh, she's very nervous, anxious and unsafe. And uh, and as men, we've all failed at that. We've all put the physical as the priority and sort of pushed the pace in a way that was not considered of the wife, like Peter says. And within that, um, you also, as the man, you, you lose the ability to uh, to connect at the spiritual level because it's like if you're sleeping mm-hmm. with someone, it's really hard to pray with them. If you're sleeping with someone and you're not married to them, it's really hard to do Bible study with them. It's really hard to go to church and sit there and just have a clear conscience and hear what God has mm-hmm. to say to you because there's there's just a lot of conviction in the spirit that's saying, this, guys, this is not this is not right. This is not well. And I would say for a man as well, he he can overlook same as a woman other potential red flags in character. Yeah. Because like, well, it blinds you. Yeah. I know they're a little crazy. I know they're a little mean. I, I know they're, you know, bitter. I know they're unstable, but you know, we're sleeping together. And so I kind of need to overlook yep. that and it clouds judgment. Yeah. And also for the man, it negates his ability to be a healthy leader in the relationship. Because mm-hmm. a guy can't look at his girlfriend and say, hey, here's what God says. And he, she's like, what? Well, I, I don't have any clothes on, so you can't quote right. verses to me. Yep. It's you, hard to respect that. Yeah. And so you do lose respect because then a woman thinks, well, if this man doesn't have self-control, yeah. can I even trust him as a leader? Yep. If he's willing to cross lines with me, what other lines is he potentially willing to cross? And so it, it, it in our culture, it doesn't seem like a big thing, but just look at marriage in our culture. It's a disaster. Yeah. Look at family in our culture. Look at the single years. Uh, most people are waiting until their early 30s to marry. Before that, they're living and sleeping with multiple people. They are committing lots of sexual sin. There's lots of emotional trauma and brokenness. And then it's oftentimes two very broken people who are you know, walking into church for a wedding. Yeah. But unless those things are healed up, forgiven, and recovered from, just because you're moving forward in chronology doesn't mean you're moving forward uh, healthily. Yeah. And so that would be our encouragement. If you're uh, intentional dating or engaged, are there physical lines that you're crossing that you need to repent of and renew your mind and reset and uh, and forgive each other for? And if you are married, uh, what are the things that you did either together or with someone else before you were married? And, mm-hmm. and some of you, um, we're kind of touching on a, a bit of a, a raw nerve here. Some of you haven't even really talked about your past and what happened before you met mm-hmm. each other. You've not even dealt with it. But if you're unwilling to talk about it, and if you're unable to deal with it in a way that's healthy and doesn't just end with a nuclear meltdown, the mushroom cloud over the relationship, you've not really dealt with it and healed from it. And so, you know, part of the problem you may be having in the present is because there's some unhealed 
hurt, maybe even pain, maybe even trauma Mm -hmm. from the past. And that's where a Christian counselor or a pastor, some Bible study, uh, getting God's mind and renewing your mind is really crucial for that. And um, yeah, and this is, and I would say the, the world we live in, this is almost every single couple. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you have not crossed physical lines in our culture before marrying, you are a miracle. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so there's nothing to be ashamed of. This is just kind of the baggage of the world that we bring. And uh, all the gravitational forces are encouraging sexual experimentation and exploitation uh, and exploration before marriage. And so, you know, I would say for us, honey, we, we talked even a little bit before we were married about experiences we had with others before we met, but we didn't really dig into much of the details and didn't really forgive that and didn't really identify how that could be a problem in our own marriage. And it carried into the marriage and it wasn't until how far into the marriage do you think that we actually went back and dealt with some things in our, before we met and then in our dating and engagement years. It was about 12 years. About 12 years into the marriage. Mm -hmm. And at that point we're doing ministry, we love Jesus, we've been faithful to each other, we've got kids but we're just not quite rowing in the same boat. Mm -hmm. And it's because we got out of sync even before we met. We stayed out of sync uh, before we were married. And those bad habits and rhythms, almost like a band that's out of time. Yeah. It's just like, we never really stopped. Like, okay, let's just stop playing. Right. And let's, let's, let's get back into rhythm. We Mm -hmm. just didn't do that. And it started before we even met. So we love you and there's hope for you and there's help for you and there's healing for you. Uh, but just plowing forward or just accepting where you're at is probably God's, uh, not God's intent or design or best for right. you. So, yeah. Pastor Jimmy Evans' book, The Right One, is great to talk through that and walk through that as well. So we recommend that. Cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you in the uh, next episode. Episode three will be on uh, the early, newly married years. After you say I do, uh, before you got a kid, that little window, um, before the, the little ones show up, the patterns, the precedents, the, the habits that we put into place that either create positive or negative forward momentum and energy in the relationship. And uh, if you're in that season, it's going to be great for you. If you're looking forward to it, it's something you need to hear. And if you're on the other side, there may have been some things that you did during that season that are causing you some problems today. And it'll be good to go back and revisit those. So we'll see you in episode three next.